0: Hello everyone and welcome to Two V's and a pot with me, Izzy the Vegan
1: and me, Ben's Vegan Kitchen.
0: In this podcast, we'll walk you through the landscape of veganism through the eyes of two pretty relatable day-to-day vegans.
1: And over the series, we plan on discussing a wide range of topics that you may have pondered upon whilst being vegan, or even whilst deciding to take the step.
0: We aim to bust the common myths associated with being vegan, as well as bring new ideas to the table.
1: But we won't be doing this alone, oh no. Over the series, we'll be joined by a selection of amazing guests to offer their thoughts, wisdom, and experiences.
0: As it's our first episode, this week is all about becoming vegan.
1: Yes, that's right. We'll be discussing our personal journeys, as well as chatting to our first special guests of the series, the founders of Veganuary, Matthew Glover and Jane Land.
0: So today is January the 1st, which means it's day number one of Veganuary 2021. This month marks the eighth event since the pair founded it in 2014. So Ben and I are really excited to learn more about the great initiative. So Ben, I don't know about you, um, but I haven't been vegan for a huge amount of time. It's coming up to two years in December.
1: Okay, two years is still pretty solid. I think you've got to give yourself credit. Round of applause for you. Two years thank is you, uh, thank n- you. nothing to be shied away from. Um, I think I am at three and a half years now, which is crazy.
0: Oh wow, that is that is mad.
1: Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's been three and a half years, but it also feels like it's been my whole life.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, it, I think the same, like like eating meat seems like a whole lifetime ago the thought of it is just it's just wild like I used to be a real big meat eater cheese eater like I think I'm the one of the least likely people to be vegan like I would get ribs and steak at every restaurant that would always be my top choice so
1: yeah I was the same I think even now I watch like I still love watching things like come dine with me and like dinner date and I see like these like really, I know it's maybe a bit of a stereotype, but I see these like really pretty girls and they're just like butchering up like mints and like cutting <laughs> up steaks. And I'm just like, this isn't right. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't feel right. But I think everyone has that like realisation moment. Do you, Did you have a moment where you were like, holy shit, this is so weird.
0: Yeah, yeah. I had my realisation moment quite late. So, so basically I decided to do like a vegan trial month because I was visiting a friend in America and she is vegan, um, she was vegan then. And I kind of thought, oh, let's just challenge myself for a month. I'm going up to visit her, it's just convenient. Um, so that was like the, the start of my entrance into the vegan world. It wasn't because I was like, oh, for the animals or for the environment or for my health, it was just convenience. I'm seeing my friend, it's something new. And I, I did it whilst I was there. Um, and obviously when I was back, I kind of carried on for the month cause that was my challenge. Um, but after that month, I kind of slipped back into eating meat dairy fish whatever because I think I hadn't had that realization moment it was more just a challenge for myself I hadn't looked into it it was more let's try some exciting vegan food and that was it so yeah I slipped very much back out of it and then it wasn't until later on down the year I went back to uni and I was cooking for myself that I kind of looked a bit more into it. And yeah, you. I think you do really need something to click in your head and it can take a really long time because I was dipping in and out for a while as well um, because I wasn't vegetarian before. So it was it was a huge change and I dipped in and out for a very long time. Like I would say, okay, I'm vegan now. And then I'd go to a restaurant and have like a tuna steak because it, <laughs> I hadn't had that moment.
1: Yeah, when did you have the moment? When did it finally all sort of click?
0: I had the moment. Um, I was on the ferry to France with my brother and we would, we had just downloaded loads of documentaries, that, like, you know, the classics like Cowspiracy, What the Health, all of that. And we were just watching them and we just suddenly looked to each other and we're like, we're, we're vegan now. Yeah, but 100% now I'm vegan for the animals.
1: Oh wow, so your, so your brother went vegan as well at the same time as you?
0: Yeah, he went vegan the same time as me, but he did not continue... Um, I, I felt beginning. there was a buck coming on
1: there. I really felt yeah. in the
0: voice. <laughs> yeah, he didn't continue it. He's pretty much like he's pretty much vegetarian now. Um, but I think he felt a lot of pressure. So what was your realisation moment?
1: It was just weird. You know what? I remember being in a supermarket. Um, you know, at the time I was living in Tel Aviv, which is something we're definitely gonna talk about in another episode, and it's something that I mention all the time. So <laughs> um I, I'm I'm really keen to talk about that. But yeah, I was I was in a supermarket and I was walking around and I was down the meat aisle which you know naturally these things often are in the same places in the supermarkets They aren't like the mega stores we have over here and I was walking down the meat aisle and I just saw like loads of meat like packaged up in plastic and I just thought this is this is weird like this doesn't feel right it doesn't it doesn't feel you know I used to love you know, as you said, I used to love going for like a steak and every birthday we'd go to like gaucho or we'd go somewhere and I'd order the most expensive like meat thing. But it just hit me and I was like, this is so, so strange. And this isn't how we should be living. Like it, it, it felt like almost an out of body experience. Like I could see myself there stood looking at all these like bits of chicken and steak and whatever it was. And I was just like, this just doesn't make sense to me anymore and every time i see it because i think still here in the supermarkets you have they, they try and be smart about it like they put the vegan sausages in the same aisle as like the normal sausages because they want more people to be like oh they're just normal sausages but it's annoying for people like us like we have to walk past all the all the meat stuff
0: but yeah no i feel that 100 percent. like where i live there's a lot of um places where meat is is hanging up and i think in the supermarket they make it look like it's not you know, an animal. Um, and then you walk into these markets or these places and you see the full the full body. And I remember a lot when I was younger, because I lived in London for a while, and I'd walk through these kind of markets and I'd see it all. And I, I, I made the decision a lot of times when I was really young that I wasn't going to eat meat anymore. But then I'd go into McDonald's or go somewhere or like whatever and then it'd look like a chicken nugget and I just wouldn't add both together and be like, oh, this is different, it's fine.
1: In my head, I was like, I'm going to be vegan at home and when I go out to eat, I'm going to eat whatever I want. Like that was exactly how I envisaged it. I I even looked up like, different definitions, like, there was something that is apparently called a, a holiday vegan, which holiday
0: is, vegan. yeah,
1: a holiday vegan, which is when you're vegan all the time, except when you're on holiday, when you can eat what you want, and I just thought, that's not, that's not a thing, like, that's there's so strange, many... yeah, it's like, i um, some...
0: flexitarian, right, like, that's,
1: basically, yeah, it's just, it's just not a thing, but I guess it it's something that helps people with their conscience, and helps them feel better about themselves, but I thought, you know what, maybe I'll be a holiday vegan, and maybe that can be my whole thing, but, I think after like a month or so of trialing it, like I went through the classics, like I know it's a bit graphic, but we're allowed to talk about it. But you know, the classic when you become vegan, you spend a lot of time on the toilet, you're very gassy, you've got a lot of wind. Yeah,
0: all the pulses, you know, all the beans.
1: And I actually remember having like terrible headaches and I even went to an optician who was like, oh, you know, maybe your eyes have changed, but my eyesight was exactly the same. And she was like, oh, have you, you know, changed anything in your lifestyle recently? I was like, well, actually, yeah, I've been vegan for about two months. And she was like... Well, there you go. That's probably why, because your body is getting used to, you know, a different level of uh, kind of imbalances and removing toxins.
0: That's interesting. I hear a lot of people talking about that transition um, and what effect it had, like, on their body or whatever. Um, I actually suffer from IBS. um, So I always have upset stomachs anyway. But I've actually found that when I went vegan, that pretty much settled down had so much more energy I like looked like nicer like everyone was like oh you look so like bright and well and happy like what's happened like it was like kind of cliche I was like I'm vegan now and I'm glowing and you you don't
1: have a guilty conscience for slaughtering all those animals (laughs) every day (laughs) yeah
0: yeah a weight was lifted off my shoulders I just think you're so much more conscious about what you're putting in your body because you're on a specific lifestyle well, not a diet, but it's it's a lifestyle. It's not a diet, but...
1: No, it's one of those things that, you know, before I was vegan, if I was hungry and I was out and about, I'd go into like a corner shop, I'd grab like a packet of crisps, like a, a double-decker, and just eat them and just get on with my day. And you don't think twice about it. And that's what, for me, being vegan really helped with. I wasn't able to just eat whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. So it makes you kind of almost double-guess yourself and have to retrain your brain to be like, you can't just have something you want you know, you've got to find, you know, maybe the vegan alternative for it, or you've got to find something completely different. But, you know, nowadays, the the options on the high street are so easy to get stuff like, you know, this was, this has changed so much in the last three and a bit years, but it
0: really has. Yeah, I think even like, since I started becoming vegan, there obviously was a fair few options, because it's not even been two years yet. But I also think like, when I was first, when I first started becoming vegan, and like cooking for myself, all I ever made was like, sweet chilli tofu stir fry there's just so much um I guess controversy around oh there's nothing you can eat when you're vegan like it's boring vegans eat grass whatever um but I think for when you first become vegan there's like a whole new world for you to discover in terms of vegan food um and that can take a while to get used to I think like it took me a really long time to kind of settle into getting a bit more imaginative with my food and things like that.
1: Yeah, you've just got that Disney song in my head now, a whole new world. Aww,
0: Princess Jasmine, love her.
1: No, I think it's really interesting this, uh, how people become vegan. I think it's a story, you know, it, it's like when you're in a relationship, people always want to know the story of where you and your partner met and like you know everything about when you began dating and you know, the trials and tribulations. And it's exactly the same, you know, all of us have that story, which is so unique to ourselves. Um, But I think definitely a lot of people understand the the difficulty of trying to to, to find that right thing. You know, like, did you have any particular moments early on where you thought, oh, I'm going to sack this off and I'm going to not do it anymore?
0: Yeah, I definitely had those moments. I think this is where I was going out to restaurants or like with friends and I just felt really annoying because I was having to say like oh is there a vegan option here and or if I was going around to friends houses for dinner like supper parties or anything like that um, and I had to be the awkward person that had to say oh I can't eat that you're gonna have to make something different or I'm gonna bring my own food as well like I I was living at home with my dad before going back to uni and I didn't want to make him have to cook for me so I just thought this is gonna be so difficult for everyone around me. I'm making this decision, but it's gonna affect everyone around me. And I was just so conscious of that, that I felt like I I can't do this. It's it's too difficult for everyone else. and that's why for a while i kind of like you said like holiday vegan i was like well when i go to restaurants with my friends or like if i'm going to a friend's house and they're cooking i'm not going to make them cook something separate for me or whatever um but then i kind of learn everyone who is close to you and you know cares about you are gonna support your decisions and they're not gonna find it annoying or difficult
1: yeah i think that's absolutely right and if they do you know they're not I'm not saying they're not the person to be your friend like it's still family and stuff but No one's ever really said to me, like, oh, you're you're doing this for attention, like, you're so pathetic. Like, I've done it because I wanted to do it. Um, Actually, I didn't talk about the funny bit about why I became vegan. It was that whole idea behind being the holiday vegan. I remember the first time I went away, I'd been vegan for about two or three months. I went to Madrid to watch a football game. Um, I was there for two nights, and I was like, oh, Madrid, it's going to be amazing. I can have like ham and cheese and spanish omelette and fish and there were so many things like i used to go to spain so much when i was younger and i loved the spanish cuisine and i landed and as i got off the plane i thought if i eat this tonight it's gonna absolutely ruin me for tomorrow and my whole day is gonna be ruined i'm not gonna be able to be with my friends and like have a drink i'm not gonna be able to do anything so that whole trip i generally when i say i ate bread with tomatoes on it and chips the whole trip i didn't touch anything else and and that's, that's the difference, you know. My friends weren't like, oh, you're making this really hard for us. Like, I don't care. Like, if you want to eat whatever you want. Like, I was eating in these amazing Spanish, like, tapas places and these, like, really old-fashioned, like, Spanish restaurants. Like, they were beautiful places. Um, and they were all eating, you know. You know how the Spanish like to have, like, a whole leg of, like, an animal just knocking about. It's gross, but I wasn't like, oh, you shouldn't be eating that. I was like, I'm going to eat my bread with a little tomato on top, you eat you, and then everyone can just get on with their lives. It's, it's easy.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a difficult one, because I think when I first went vegan, um, when I first had that, like, little tick in my head to say like right you've got to do this I was super passionate about it and I, I wasn't saying to anyone oh like you've got to do this or whatever but I think I shared like quite a lot on my social media and everything like that because I felt like I had been like enlightened with this and I wanted everyone else to understand as well because I would never have thought of it obviously I said like I would always be getting the ribs and the steak and then suddenly here I was being vegan and I kind of wanted to get that message out to everyone else as well.
1: I I honestly did the opposite I don't think I told anyone really about it For maybe around like six months Oh wow I remember um, putting out a tweet Being like I think I saw something And it, it really triggered me And I was like you know This whole stereotype about vegans Being those like preachy Blah 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 whatever Like I was like I've been vegan for six months And I've never mentioned it to anyone And someone was like well you just said it now So you're being preachy I was like no I'm not I was like I'm not doing it to tell other people how to live their life. And I've said it all along, like I'll share information that I think is relevant. Like on Facebook, I don't really use Facebook a lot, but the only stuff I ever really share is um, about the dairy industry. Cause I generally feel like it's one of those things that people do not understand. That I don't Yeah, think they, they have,
0: really don't know. They
1: don't like, I mean, it, it's even me. Like I didn't realize that cows don't just produce milk all the time. I didn't realize that. And so many people don't either. So I will share stuff about that, but you know, that's why I started Ben's Vegan Kitchen, which was, Tattoo tomato and then quarantine vegan um throwback thursday commitment
0: issues <laughs> yeah
1: oh no yeah but ben's vegan kitchen is here to stay but that's why i started that so i could show genuinely at the beginning i did it for i had probably like 20 followers and they're all friends of mine all men all people who interested in food like to eat just to be like look this is what i can eat as the vegan version of what you're eating and obviously it's just spower into that and now I, I don't think i have many followers who aren't vegan i think they're all vegans now
0: <laughs> but yeah like i was just the sh- same as you like, i was sharing more educational stuff not like making people go vegan or anything like that it was just like things that i found interesting that i thought other people would um and then i thought you know what i'm just going to create a different outlet and it was all my friends um but actually i did a poll and a lot of people that follow me are not vegan they're veggies or they're trying to be vegan as well interesting so yeah i actually did a um post on this recently um about trying veganery with my top tips It would be um, signing up to Veganry um, would be an obvious first one to do. Educate yourself through researching online and documentaries. Simplicity is key. So um, just start with simple swaps like tofu rather than chicken in a stir fry familiarize yourself and explore the supermarkets you know what options are around replace your faves as well like your favorite snacks to avoid cravings Um, I know when I first went vegan I craved a lot of things so try and find replacements for them to avoid you know caving in Um, plan your meals to avoid being overwhelmed last minute with no inspiration Um, check your labels as well Um, there's a lot of things that you don't realize aren't vegan or sneaky little things that get into products like that classic milk powder um, one. You've got honey and beeswax, vitamin D3, gelatin, inks and glass. Um, but yeah, have a look at the posts. I mentioned a few of them. Um, also look for inspiration. Um, so um, research online, um, treat yourself to a nice vegan cookbook. There are so many out there. Um, also follow some great vegan Instagram pages. I heard um, at Izzy the Vegan and at Ben's Vegan Kitchen are great pages to follow, so.
1: I would definitely say that um, My top tip for becoming vegan would definitely be to not worry about what other people think. Um, At the end of the day, you're doing it for yourself and you're doing it for, uh, you know, whatever reasons that may be. If it's health, if it's the environment, if it's, you know, maybe you're celiac, you can't eat gluten. For whatever reason it is, you are doing it for you. Other people will have a difficult time accepting it. And, you know, if you live at home, if you're a bit younger and you live at home, You know, it's difficult when you need your mum or your dad to cook the food and buy the food, but just remember you're doing the best that you can. So don't be afraid. I know this is something Izzy talks about all the time. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to, you know, it's trial and error, the whole thing. It's completely trial and error. Like you're doing your best and even having the conscious decision to, to think about doing it is an amazing start. So do it for you. Remember the reasons why you did it and just don't worry about what anyone else says because they are very much unimportant.
0: We're so excited to welcome our first guest of the series, and with today being the first day of Veganuary, it seems fitting to chat with the pair that started it all.
1: Yeah, we're super excited that joining us today is Matthew Glover and Jane Land, the founders of Veganuary. To fill you in a little bit, Veganuary is a UK-based non-profit organisation that aims to promote and educate about veganism by encouraging people to follow a vegan lifestyle for the month of January.
0: It really is such a great initiative, and since the event began in 2014, participation has actually more than doubled each year, which is so great. Veganuary focuses on vegan eating, so it's not about, you know, wearing leather and things like that, so everyone can give it a go.
1: It's such a simple yet genius movement. Matthew and Jane, welcome along
2: to 2Vs and a pod. Well, thank you so much for having us. It's an honour to be on your first ever show. So thank you so much for inviting us.
0: Yeah. So we are going to kick things off by asking both of you a question that we're going to be asking all of our guests, so each and every one of them across the series. So here we go. If you were to choose a three-course death row vegan meal, what would it be and why?
2: Well, we're both uh, northerners, so we can't normally afford three courses, so this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is going this is quite tricky, but I, I think uh, I mean shall I go first? Go so um, I mean I'm quite simple um, and, and by the way, these are not going to go sort of together very well, but I, I I like vegetable spring rolls. that's always my go-to at Chinese. It's not very glamorous um, but for for the main course, um, and this is a bit of a plug, uh, but I would go for vegan fried chicken with chips, uh, with barbecue sauce, and coleslaw, which is the food that I always had at the restaurant. And um, I've actually said that on radio before, so uh, it is my favorite food. And then to finish it off, it would be tiramisu. Vegan soup, obviously.
1: I love how you're worried there about fact-checking. Like, someone's going to listen to the business, like, hang on a second. Another time, he said something else, but this time, he's changed his mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do love a barbecue sauce on vegan fried chicken and coleslaw. That sounds like a really good comfort meal, so I'm with you on that
3: one.
1: Jane, what's yours?
3: For me, I think at the moment, the kind of weather that we've got. It'd have to be a soup, for starters, like a leek and potato, or something quite creamy and rich. And then the creamy theme continues into the main. Um, I do like a a mac and cheese. That is my go-to. It's uh, one we do every week. Matthew's not sick of it yet, are you? Mm -hmm. Um, With some uh, garlic bread. I'm death row, so it doesn't really matter about my breath, does it? But yeah, lots (laughs) of intense garlic bread to go with that. And dessert, um, because they're quite rare, I don't really find them out and about, but I, uh, I did used to like them pre-vegan days was a cherry bakewell yeah um or or i do like a brownie that is that's uh, a menu choice
1: i'm curious about your mac and cheese you say you're making it every week do you go for like the potato carrot recipe or there's, there's there's so many different variants of the vegan mac and cheese
3: yeah so ours is we do have carrot it's carrot um garlic and onion and we've got we do with broth. It's it's probably a healthier version of a mac and cheese. It's actually one of Dr. Gregor's in his uh, "How Not to, to Die" book. <laughs>
2: So I was going to say, I'm the, I'm the junk food vegan out of the two of us, and then Jane tries to keep me as healthy as possible and sort of teases me with mac and cheese, but makes <laughs> it healthy. So so
3: you balance each other out well then. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, today Matthew was eating something, and I just ran over and I chucked a load of broccoli sprouts on top of it. It's going, what are you doing? you are ruining it.
2: <laughs> Every now and then she just puts a vitamin, vitamin pill in my mouth. I mean, it could be poison, I don't know, but I just go with it. <laughs> I, I love that. I mean, I think obviously throwing broccoli on the
1: plate probably gives people a good answer to this first question but how long have you both been vegan so well, should you, i go yeah,
2: first it yeah makes sense for you to go first yeah first do well, you know no? the, the funny thing is i wished i'd written it in the diary because I, I can't tell you exact date but i think i'm it's about nine years and three quarters wow, wow. something yeah so that was before it was trendy um <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so and then uh, when I met you, you were not vegan, so it 's quite unusual because it 's normally the other way around isn 't it? but uh, anyway i 'll let you tell the story so
3: I've just celebrated uh, my eighth vegan anniversary um, this November, uh, which does coincide with meeting Matthew, who helped guide me through that transition period I say I say guide, it was more of a drag. <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, what happened was we met on... So I went on a vegan dating site, which, which oh, actually wow. existed back then. They were pretty basic. Um, and uh, that's how we met. And uh, But what I didn't realise, it was a bit of a con, really, um, but it was also a vegetarian dating site, and that's what Jane was on. And I was on vegan dating, but they matched us up. And then when I met her first time, it was a shock to me that she wasn't actually a vegan. No.
3: Oh, <laughs> I think he you know it's not got a lot of tact you know a lot of great qualities Matthew Glover tact's probably not one of them no. um, and he did call <laughs> me a, a second-rate veggie <laughs> which yeah um and then uh I think on the third day I ate a margarita pizza with cheese on it
2: and yeah uh, and I, th- I was hoping that we we're going to be snogging later on and I thought there's going to be potential of cross-contamination here <laughs> I don't know if this is the sort of thing you're wanting on your first ever podcast. (laughs) 100%. Great content.
0: Absolutely great content.
2: (laughs) So that was it. So you've never had uh, dairy cheese on a pizza ever since? No,
3: I didn't. I I, I mean, I was transitioning prior to meeting you I was interested in veganism but I'd come from a small northern seaport town didn't know any other vegetarians only knew one other vegetarian um so certainly no other vegans so it it was all those misconceptions about how hard and difficult it was going to be and and then when you meet a vegan they dispel all that for you.
0: Is that why you guys kind of started veganery because you kind of learned through each other and then you started wanting to kind of spread that message out more?
2: Yeah, so what, what had happened is, is when we hooked up together, we, we both started um, getting more interested in sort of ge- activism generally. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were reading books and going to conferences and trying to sort of find what uh, was going to be our sort of role within the, the movement as a whole. And uh, and then one day I just said to Jane, I remembered that I'd taken part in November. Do you know where you grow a mustache for the month of November? Yeah, so I just remember it being really good fun and we sort of raised some money for for charity and, uh, you know, some friends were doing it at the same time. And I just said to Jane, could we not do something that's got that sort of same sort of vibe and personality of what Movamba has, um, but doing it sort of for the animals, which we care deeply about. So, it, you know, we thought, well, let's, we've got to do um, a vegan month and then we talked about all the different months of in the calendar but january just seemed obvious to us because of new year's resolutions and people have eaten too much food at christmas and you know they tend to be more interested in you know a, a new health kick or whatever so we had vegan and january and we just thought can we just merge those two words together veganuary um and uh, it sort of worked didn't it
1: did did you did you trial like Veguary and like Voktober October and things like that?
2: <laughs> all of them, August, yep. um, yeah, August, it, yeah, It sounds like an Eastern European like soup. It's uh, <laughs> August, <laughs> <laughs> but but I mean to be honest, Viganuary, It's taken quite. It's taken sort of uh, how long have I been doing it now? Seven or eight years. It's taken a long time for people to get used to how to pronounce it. In in the early days, we got. lot of people saying veganary um for january January, which sounds rude (laughs) yeah Yeah, that does not sound
3: too good (laughs) (laughs) we've got a lot of disappointed people coming to our website (laughs) (laughs) um as Matthew said it's that it was that coming together of everybody doing it taking part at once which is really um it's comforting isn't it it's reassuring and also it is for a, a a pledge you are doing it for january obviously our hope is that people have such a brilliant experience and feel great at the end of it that they want to carry on indefinitely but it doesn't you don't have to start out that way and so it's you get more people trying to dip their toe in than you would if you say right you're going vegan and you're going vegan forever
2: we just thought if we can get one person to go vegan for january that's great and then let's get two and let's get three and then, our
3: impact you know
2: and-, and the more people doing it the better so we were just really thinking about individual diet change and trying to get as many people to do it. Uh, we've had some really bad ideas, but this one seems to be one of our better ones, <laughs> yes. doesn't it? Um,
1: what were some of the challenges that you faced at the beginning of Veganuary and trying to get people involved and interested with it, especially from uh, uh, brands and businesses and chains, as you just mentioned?
2: Uh, do you know, the? I can't remember the challenges, really. I mean, the thing is, well, I think we were really lucky. It, it sort of took off quite easily on well, its organically.
3: own. I think the the corporate side of things, as Matthew said, it wasn't one of our initial um, planned for Veganuary, but it was a, a lovely side effect and now it is part of our our strategy that we engage with corporates but for them you could see the opportunity January is a quiet month in the retail sector and um, and they wanted to to get more people through the door so they start that was a good incentive for them to to join Veganuary. I think in the early days it, it was it was the financial. Yeah, I was
2: going to say the funding's always been the biggest challenge, I would say. And uh, I, I always still say that I think Veganuary is a sleeping giant. It could be so much bigger. Um, you know, even after all these years, our, the turnover of the charity is just, what is it, 1.2 million or mm. something like that. It's So in the early days, we were funding it ourselves, just out of our own pocket. And um, in fact, we got to one point where we ran out of money and uh, we just not long been married and we had to move in with my mother um <laughs> <laughs> you know so she's we, very
3: lovely yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah
2: but we had about nine months with my mum didn't we and, we did we uh, did um,
3: and uh so she we turned her dining room into uh the veganuary hq <laughs> that's
2: right yeah
0: <laughs> for, for you guys what would you say your drivers are in being vegan and you know what the most important benefits are for you that you want to convey to everyone else kind of listening and thinking should I try veganuary? Should I go
3: vegan? I think I speak for us both yeah. that it is it's the the treatment of animals in the food system was was our main motivations for going vegan and for launching veganuary. I mean, you don't have to go far on the internet to to see examples on you know, slaughterhouses and factory farms and the lives that these animals are living. Living, if you can say living, about the, the confinement, the procedures that they, they undergo, and um, just the barren lives.
2: Yeah, so it's a much kinder way to eat, and I think that that was uh, in the early stages. I, I'd um, prior to going vegan, I was uh, looking a lot at environmental um, things, really starting worrying about climate change, and uh, so when i sort of join the dots on both sort of the ethical as well as the environmental reasons for for a, a vegan diet it sort of to me was a bit of a, a no-brainer i mean in, in terms of uh, your audience that, that that's what motivates us but there's obviously uh, um significant health benefits particularly if you avoid the, the junk food stuff um <laughs> Uh, and go more down the sort of whole food plant-based uh, uh, direction. And I think at the moment also we we're, we're seeing each year it changes because we track with veganuary what motivates people and it's it's a mix of reasons very much and uh, but increasingly these these days it's just to try new food. You know, there's uh, and and that's one of the things that that we both experienced is that the range of food that you eat is actually larger than we ever had before because it forces you into a situation where you've got to experiment and actually i think this january with you know most of uh the uk and the world locked down where people are not traveling anywhere which is always a bit of a challenge when you're trying to go vegan for a month um people are not eating out as much um so, you know, if you're stuck at home, it's so easy to get vegan food from your supermarkets delivered to your door. So it's, it's never been a better time to do Veganuary, I would say.
1: It would be great to hear from both of you about your top tips for people to try veganism and what you think really will help the average Joe or average Sheila, I guess, I don't know what the opposite of an average Joe is. Uh, yeah, the average person who is looking to try veganism but doesn't quite know where to begin. I think first
2: thing is sign up on the website, isn't Definitely
3: it? Definitely, sign up, sign up. Um, Veganeries, that's i mean, one of the, the features that we both lacked when we went ve- uh, vegan was the, the how and the support. It, we didn't have the recipes, we didn't have the shopping lists, we didn't, even reading labels can, you know, things nowadays that we take for granted that you, you know, we Become super scanners at the supermarket, but you forget, don't you, in those early stages how tricky it can be until you to, to get used to it. So we do have all that, um, and you I say there's hundreds of recipes um, on the websites, and there but also influencers like yourselves who who just show you how easy it can be.
2: And watch some documentaries uh, to, to sort of uh, look at the reasons. Uh, behind it. So, you know, there's Cowspiracy, there's What the Health, there's um Earthlings, if you fancy um <laughs> bit of a horror movie. Um and uh, you know, but that sort of helps uh you know if you're fully motivated to do it, then it's a lot easier to to um to, to go through it. And I, you know, when I went vegan nine and three quarter years ago, I remember I spent a lot of time driving up and down the motorways and going to the service stations. And back then The only thing I could really find to eat would be a a packet of peanuts, Mm -hmm. you know, or maybe some crisps. Uh, There was nothing, whereas now it is so much easier. You know, you can go to Subway, you can go to, um, I don't even know what McDonald's are doing this year but um, for Veganuary, but uh, you can go to Greg's, you can go to Mark's and Spencer's, Simply Food. You know, there's, there's so many options out there now.
3: And they're listed on the website as well. Yeah. We do update them. So all the new offerings that, that are coming to the market this January.
0: Yeah, for sure. And of course, at VFC, we couldn't not do a little plug on this towards the end of this podcast. So do you want to just tell us a little bit about your new chicken product? Because obviously it's on sale now. So do you want to just give our followers a bit of a roundup on it?
2: Yeah, Shirley though, so. thank you for asking. So, yeah, we um one of the things that uh, we found uh, through veganuary is that uh you know, it's it's all about trying to make things as easy as possible and uh, we identified that there really isn't a, a, a really good vegan fried chicken that's available sort of on a national basis. So there's some great sort of localized restaurants and uh, that that are that are selling it. Um so when, when the lockdown originally happened, there was a restaurant that uh, we used to go to all the time um, called Sauce Restaurant in York. And uh, my go-to option was always what Adam was making, the, the, the owner of the restaurant, was a vegan fried chicken and chips with a barbecued sauce and, and everything. And suddenly the, the restaurant was closed and uh, I was like, you know, really missing that product. So I contacted the restaurant owner and we had a Zoom call and... Uh, um, we we said um you know i said could you ship me some frozen vfc so he did and with with the the chips and everything and then i i rang him afterwards and i said you know we need to talk adam because that is just brilliant you know how, how can we make this into a product so ever since uh sort of the summertime we've just been working on this project so um so we now do uh, a product that's direct to consumer to begin with. So you can go to vfc.co.uk and you can buy uh, the ready meals, so the fried chicken, the chips and the barbecue sauce, or you can buy uh, fillet burgers, uh, or you can buy sort of a bag of bites as well. Um, but our ultimate ambition is to to get it listed in supermarkets, to sell it into food service and, uh, you know, ambitions global as well you know so we might look at franchising vfc so wherever there's a kfc we'll have a vfc next door i <laughs> <laughs> love that yes <laughs> you'll have the You're you'll saying... have the colonel knocking on your door i
1: imagine first thing in the morning
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's one of our slogans is thanks colonel we'll take it from here yeah <laughs> i love amazing
1: it. well guys it was great having you on uh where can people sign up to veganuary and where can we find you on the interwebs
3: so you can sign up at Um and we are international so you can you can choose um, your country and your language so we have it in French and German and Spanish and Portuguese at the moment and then on social we're at veganuary on Facebook and veganuary on Twitter and then we are veganuary on Instagram.
0: Amazing thank you so much guys we really enjoyed speaking with you and we can't wait for as many people to get involved in veganuary as possible.
1: Thank you so much Great. for having thank us. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening this week. It was great chatting to Matthew and Jane about their careers and their vegan journey.
0: Remember to keep us updated with your veganary journey this month as we may need your help for a very special episode in February.
1: This show was produced and edited by Callum Goddard-Mocklow for Apricot Audio and we'll be back next week with another episode for you. But in the meantime, please remember to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast available on all podcast platforms such as apple spotify and acast
0: and if you want to keep up to date with all the latest happenings then remember to follow us both on instagram at IzzyTheVegan and at ben's vegan kitchen
1: we'll see you next week
0: see you later